Hello everybody, welcome on this Monday morning, the day after the Daytona 500. Wow, we certainly have a, have a lot to talk about. Wow, that was, that was insane. That really was an insane four days of racing, uh, culminating with the 65th annual Daytona 500. I'm your host, Matt Hardman, and thank you for tuning in to this show here on CKCC Radio, your home uh, for the plethora of programming that comes to you each and every week. Ah, man, wow. I'm I'm still in disbelief over the weekend. Um, A lot of, a lot to process um, with not only the Daytona 500, but the ARCA race, the the duels, um, the trucks, the Xfinity race, and um, we're going to start off with a Pop Quiznos this week, and this week's Pop Quiznos is... In this year's Daytona 500, we had Joey Logano, who was the reigning uh, Cup Series champion. Zane Smith, who raced his way into the Daytona 500 through the duels, who who is the reigning Truck Series champion, and Ty Gibbs who won last year's Xfinity Series title. When was the last time that all three NASCAR Major Touring Series champions all made the Daytona 500 the next season? Answer at the end of the show. Boy, as I was saying before the pop quiz, this, this was... Probably one of the wildest Daytona weekends I had seen. And I'm not saying wild in a bad way. I mean, we did have the threat of rain during the truck race. Uh, we did have that stopped a couple of times. But, I mean, just the, the stories in this year's... Um, in this year's... Uh, Speed Week, it's something else. Um, We had the obvious stories of Jimmy Johnson returning to NASCAR after a two-year hiatus uh, running IndyCar. Uh, We had Travis Pastrana, who who wanted to uh, complete one of the large bucket list items in the world of motorsports that he had not done and was very interested in doing. Uh, We had Zane Smith and um, Chandler Smith and Connor Daly, who is looking to be the 62nd driver to ever compete in both the Daytona 500 and the Indianapolis 500. I was very surprised on that number. I knew that there were a number of drivers who competed in both. Um, Drivers like... Uh, in recent years, Kurt Busch, um, 
sorry, Kurt Busch, Tony Stewart, Robbie Gordon, um, Casey Mears, I believe, competed in a, no, I'm not 100% sure on Casey Mears, but those ones I know did, then you go back earlier in the days, like Kaylee Arborough, Donnie Allison, um, Paul Goldsmith, you know, drivers like that. Junior Johnson almost competed in a in, uh, Indianapolis 500. There's an interesting story about that. If you ever search out, um, his handle is NASCAR Man. Uh, he does all these great stories that a lot of people don't know. Um, you know, uh, I think his, I think from him was the first time I ever heard the true L.W. Wright story. But anyway, he had a great story on how Junior Johnson almost competed in the Indianapolis 500. Um, so yeah, there's there there were a lot of drivers. Connor Daly added himself to the list um, by racing his way in through his duel. Um, so I mean, there was just a lot going on. And uh, there, th those were just stories in the cup. You know, Xfinity, you had, uh, could anybody beat the, uh, the junior motorsports guys? You know? Trucks, you know, trucks was wide open, you know. You know, who was who going to shine? Was, was the new um, Tricon Motorsports with Toyota gonna really you know, go out there and wow everybody, was KBM going to pick up where they left off in their winning ways? Was Thor Sport moving to Ford? Were they going to shine? Was it going to be Ben Rhodes and Matt Crafton again? I'm really shining. Um, then you had the Arca race, which saw... Which saw quite a wide variety of drivers. I, I mean, there was just so much going on in this this weekend. I mean, there are stories all over the place. So let's dive into the um, the uh, Thursday, the the twin one fifties, the duels, um, which I, I do agree with what I heard a lot of drivers say don't don't mind the mobile studio here it's kind of being temperamental this morning um, the duels we had those Thursday night um, a traditional Thursday race uh, it's one of the few things that has stayed traditional um, with this revamping of speed weeks uh, we would see these cars really on track, you know, the, some of these cars and teams, this had been like the real, the, the major chance to really shake these down um, before trying to lock themselves into the Daytona 500. Many of these drivers already, you know, were already in the 500 being with their charters. Uh, six drivers had to um, race their way in, theoretically. Um, for four spots, locked in on time uh, due to qualifying were Travis Pastrana and Jimmy Johnson. Um, 
two of the big stories uh, going into this year's Daytona 500. Uh, they had locked themselves in on time uh, during Wednesday's qualifying session. I was very happy for both of them. Um, I, I didn't think Jimmy would have an issue. I wasn't 100% sure on Travis, although I was pulling for him. Um, then, um, then we had Chandler Smith uh, driving a third Colleg Racing entry. We also had Zane Smith driving a third entry for Front Row Motorsports, which does know a little bit about um, success at Daytona. Uh, Zane won the truck race in last year at Daytona for Front Row Motorsports. Uh, and they also won the Daytona 500 a few years ago with Michael McDowell. Uh, so um, you have those. Yeah, those. You had um, um, Austin Hill. Uh, who won the Xfinity race last year, um, driver for Richard Childress Racing, uh, who would be competing in the Beard Motorsports entry. Uh, and they're usually really good at the play tracks because that's all they run. Um, so you had those guys, and then um, those six, along with everybody who was jostling, trying to get their, their best starting spots for the 500, and the first duel we would see, uh, Pastrana, Pastrana, uh, Chandler Smith, and Zane Smith all competing. Um, all right, now I take that back. Uh, it was Jimmy Johnson um, and the two Smith boys competing, and um, Jimmy looked pretty racy. Uh, it was a really clean um, duel number one where, uh, surprise, surprise, the reigning um, Cup Series champion Joey Logano with his Ford Mustang, his shell Ford Mustang, um, picks up the win there to give him the third starting spot in the Daytona 500 behind Alex Bowman and Kyle Larson. And uh, it was a very, very clean race. Um, so, uh, you know, if you've got a, a clean duel, you're going to have some craziness in the other duel. Uh, in duel number two, certainly lived up to the hype. We saw uh, Kyle Busch get turned in uh, duel number two, cause a uh, chain reaction rack, uh, which would see Kyle Busch. Uh, go to the rear of the field in the Daytona 500 due to this. Um, also caught up were Travis Mastrada and all. But at the end of the day, Zane Smith will get, continues on to the Daytona 500, locking himself in with a good run in his duel. And Connor Daly, uh, just by being able to stay out of trouble in duel number two um, goes on to uh, the duel. Yeah, no, it took away the suspense um, with uh, the little quips and storylines in there. Um, but it was Chandler Smith um, in that third colleague entry, uh, the quick tie 
number 13 Chevrolet, and Austin Hill in the um, Bennett Transportation, number 62 Camaro uh, for Beard Motorsports. Those were the two that went home. Um, so our, our field for 40 was set on Thursday. Eric Amarola would end up picking up the um, the second dual win. Not bad for a guy who thought about a year ago he would be retired. Um, got talked back into coming back to uh, Stuart Haas Racing on a multi-year multi deal uh, along with Smithfield. Um, pays dividends. He picks up a, uh, a trophy at Daytona in the fourth starting spot. At a, at a track, he's pretty good. He's got two runner-up finishes in the Daytona 500. Will he be able to move up one spot higher on Sunday? Uh, was yet to be determined. Uh, so, we move on to Friday. Friday, we would have Truck Series qualifying. Arca Series qualifying. Uh, Cup Series ops. Truck Series qualifying, Xfinity Series qualifying, and um, we would uh, we would see who would be the go or go homers on that list. Um, and surprisingly, the trucks in the Xfinity Series uh, had a longer list uh, than the Cup guys. Um, among those going home on the Truck Series was. Uh, Fan favorite and uh, favorite of the show, Norm Benning, um, in the uh, 46 Toyota Tundra. Yeah, I know it's a little different than his normal um, his normal truck. As he would go down with uh, GTG Racing, um, the Tim Vane's entry that originally uh, was rumored to have Johnny Soder behind the wheel. Soder, I, I don't know the whole story, I'll be honest with you guys, I, I do know some stuff, I don't know the whole story on why Norm uh, ended up moving to that truck, um, but I thought that, you know, a lot of people thought that this would give him a better shot than his own truck um, at Daytona, but unfortunately Norm did not qualify, he was three tenths of a second off um, the pace that was needed for it, um, but the truck was racy in practice, so, um, there, there were other trucks that went home, uh, the number 28, um, FDNY Chevrolet of Ryan Dysalt, uh, would be sent packing as well, um, Dysalt in the 28 truck is one of the longest tenured, um, teams, currently in the truck series as they go back to uh, the early days uh, of the Craftsman truck series which I'm happy to say um, Craftsman is back on as presenting sponsor of the truck series um, something that they did for many many years um, before moving to um, Camping World and Gander um, RV it just, it just feels full circle um, with um, Craftsman back on there. Uh, so I was excited for that. 
Um, but we would have all that qualifying. Then we would finally have a race on Friday night. And Friday night, it was rain. It, it was it was the worst enemy of anybody in Florida um, going to these races. The worst thing you can deal with is rain. Um, we would see the race stop multiple times. Eventually, I'd, it would end up with Zane Smith going back to back. Uh, he won last year's truck race at Daytona which helped catapult him to the 2022 uh, Truck Series Championship. He does it again this year. Um, in not quite the same fashion as last year. Um, he just got out front before the rains came after multiple, multiple um, rain delays. Uh, he ends up taking home uh, the trophy and starting his season off right. So that was Friday. We move on to Saturday. Less rain. Um, and uh, we would have the ARCA race and the Xfinity race back to back. Um, ARCA race going on first. And the ARCA race had so many stories in, in the field. We had um, four females in the field Maddie Chick. Uh, Amber Bacalan, uh, Tony Brettinger, and Natalie Decker. Sorry. I was trying to avoid a pothole there. Um, we had those four females. We also had Dale Quarterly, a, um, a, a long-time driver here in the Northeast, um, longtime competitor on what was then the Bush North series, and uh, he would uh, take the trip to Florida and compete in the um, in the ARCA race. Uh, he's got to be in his 60s now. Um, we would also have. Um, You know, a lot of journeyman drivers like Greg Van Dyne um, competing. I probably butchered his name. Um, and uh, a young man who we all watched grow up on TV, a former child star turned Arca Series driver Frankie Muniz. That's right. Malcolm in the middle himself, Mr. Agent Cody Banks. Uh, I'm not even going to go through his IMDb. Um, I'm sure you know who it is. Uh, but Frankie Munez makes his ARCA series debut, um, driving for Mark Rett in the number 30 Ford Mustang. And wow. Usually with the ARCA races, it gets real wild and woolly at Daytona because many of these drivers never been on a track this big, this fast, uh, working in the draft and everything else. Um, this was, for the most part, the cleanest race of the weekend. 
And at the end of it, this is a feel-good story. Greg Grandine or whatever, I, I keep butchering his name. Um, a guy who came up, raced ARCA about 10, 12 years ago, then went back to running short tracks in the CRA series, eventually getting to return to Daytona in the ARCA series, takes home the win. Wow, that, that's a feel-good story, and that's what I love about ARCA. You get some feel-good stories in there, um, some great stories, and uh, I was excited for this when I heard it. This was a guy who really um, kind of just out of nowhere, you know, came to Daytona and was fast. You know, he wasn't uh, one, he wasn't a driver of one of the big teams like Venturini or um, Joe Gibbs or. Um, any of the other larger teams that are in the ARCA series. Uh, so I was very happy to see that. Um, uh, other drivers of note, uh, we had two females finish in the top 10 as Maddie Chick would finish uh, in fifth. Amber Bacaland finished sixth. Um, Jack Wood would finish ninth um, in race Jack Wood who is a full is running part-time for KBM Motorsports um, in their truck team effort uh, he would finish ninth in tenth would be Dale Quarterly not bad for the old man from um, from the Northeast up here then we would see um, Frankie Muniz, Malcolm himself, uh, wouldn't finish in the middle of the pack, but would finish 11th, just missing out on a top 10 in his Arca Series debut. Not a bad shot for this young man. And, I, and, I, and I, don't get me wrong, I am a Frankie Muniz fan. Uh, when I heard that he was going to try Arca a few years ago, I was very skeptical. But this young man who, um, who started off um, running in the Long Breach um, Toyota Celebrity Race uh, that used to be held in conjunction with the Long Beach Grand Prix. Um, you know, when when he was younger, I, I knew that, you know, he, he would dabble in it. I didn't think that he would be all, all serious uh, about it. I thought that, um, that this might be a phase or this might be something, but he certainly... Um, has turned this phase into a passion and has actually been serious about it. And um, with Daytona, I, I think you know, I think it paid off in dividends and validation. Uh, so I, I'm very happy for him. Um, I'm very happy for this young man. And you know, just missing out on a top ten at Daytona, your first time there, is very impressive. Wouldn't be the first, it wouldn't be the last time I've been impressed uh, this weekend. So, um, we have that. Ah, uh, so that was the ARCA race, and I'm already out of breath. We still have two races to go. Um, we would have the Xfinity race, um, which I did see here and there of the other day uh, on Saturday. I'll be honest, Saturday I was out. I was
took my kids on a special trip to Portland, Maine, so, um, it was, it was an all-day thing, so I missed the ARCA race, and didn't catch a little bit of highlights, but I did watch, uh, some of the Xfinity race after I got back, and, uh, wow, um, I, I will say this, if we didn't already expect, uh, Junior Motorsports to be the team to beat this year, um, they, they definitely come full bear, um, we saw Josh Berry and, and um, Justin Allgaier up front. Brandon Jones, I think, will actually be um, is is very will fit in there along with Sam Mayer. We but we had a wild race. Um, a finish that went under review um, as. Just like Zane Smith, Austin Hill um, goes back to back in the narrowest of margins. A photo finish at when the caution came out. Uh, a caution that saw Sam Mayer flip and ride along his roof. Uh, Mayer was able to get out of the car um, and was checked out and released at the hospital there, the Deanfield Care Center, um, well, um, I, I, I didn't know what to say with this one, this was, this was a wild race, um, I, I, I'll, to be honest, I wasn't really pulling for, uh, Austin Hill, even though he is a Richard Childress scarf, but, um, Hill kept that, uh, that number 21 Bennett Machines, uh, Chevrolet up near the front the entire race um, but um, I, I think that this is going to be a, a season that is that we will there really is no um, definitive um, championship contender on paper it looks like going into the season and Daytona kind of I don't want to say proved it that I think we're on kind of on the equal footing uh, with both um, Noah Gregson and uh, Ty Gibbs moving up to Cup this year. Last year's um, one-two uh, in in the win column, but I think that this this year we're going to see a lot of Junior Motorsports. We're probably going to see some RCR up there, and maybe some Joe Gibbs racing. You know, we got stout runs out of. Um, the 20 car of John Hunter Nemechek. Um, Myatt Snyder was up there in the 19 car, the quote-unquote all-star car for uh, JGR. Um, it, it's going to be very interesting um, on how everything plays out, but I think the Xfinity series might be, might be a sleeper series to watch um, for uh, for. 2023. You don't know who's going to come home with the hardware. I think there's going to be a lot to um, a lot to really take in this series to see who the contenders and the pretenders are. But I'll tell you right now, I, I think it's going to be a really fun series to watch in 2023. Um, especially just by um, 
how they were east at Daytona. I, I, I think that'll, I think the proof's in the pudding there. Um, so, now we move on to Sunday, where, uh, where a friend of the show, Ed Bella, was able to witness, um, I don't want to say history. I don't want to say history. Um, a very unique Daytona 500. All right. Alright, I, I don't even know where to start with this. Like I said, we had all those stories going in. We had Connor Daly, uh, who is the latest driver to compete in both the Indianapolis 500, the Daytona 500. Actually, what's crazy is there's two drivers in the field who, uh, who did that, who competed. Um, Connor Daly and uh, Jimmy Johnson, who is making his return to NASCAR after his two-year hiatus there in IndyCar. Um, we had um, Zane Smith, last year's Truck Series champion. Uh, Ty Gibbs making his first Daytona 500 effort after filling in part-time uh, part of the season last year for um, the injured Kyle Kirkbush. We had Kyle Bush who was making his first official his official debut. I don't want to say you know his debut in the uh, number eight RCR uh, Chevrolet uh, because well he ran at the Coliseum and uh, the 125s, which really aren't um, true points races. Obviously, Daytona 500 being the official start of the season. Um, you had Travis Pastrana, who raced his way in, the, um, the extreme sports legend, um, looking to check off another item on his bucket list. You had stories everywhere. Kevin Harvick uh, making his 20th and final Daytona 500. So, I mean, there were just stories everywhere. Joey Logano, last year's series champion, who would be starting third. Bowman the Showman. Alex Bowman, who, um, who has set a record for the most times of starting on the front row at Daytona. Um, picking up yet another pole in the Great American Race. Uh, Kyle Larson, who started beside him, you know, yet another Hendrick sweep. So, so many stories. How would all those drivers fare? How would um, Michael McDowell, former 500 winner, fare? How would Denny Hamlin get his fourth Daytona 500, put him in some really rarefied air? Um, so many, so many different stories. But boy, did we have a Daytona 500. We had 53 lead changes among 21 drivers. In what would become the longest, distance-wise, the longest Daytona 500 in history, as we would see... 530 laps decide a Daytona 500 winner. All to come down to who was leading at the drop of the caution. Man, it's disappointing 
um, when this happens. Uh, but one one person and one group that are not disappointed with the result are the 47 team of um, JTG Doherty Racing and their driver Ricky Stenhouse who are able to hoist that Harley J. Earl Trophy in victory lane as Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is your 2023 Daytona 500 winner in what a lot of people thought was a surprise. Um, I didn't think it would be a surprise. I thought he he's really good on these uh, super speedway races, these plate races. Just, I didn't think he'd be able to do it as a single car team. And Ricky certainly um, has earned the nickname over the years, Recky Stenhouse or the Blind Cowboy. Um, this time the, the, they call him the Blind Cowboy, but this, um, this, as I said yesterday, every once in a while, Blind Squirrel still finds a nut, and um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. certainly found his nut. Um, leading at the end soon as the caution was dropped as a big wreck on the white flag lap of the second um, the second overtime uh, just eking out last year's Cup Series champion Joey Logano and uh, Christopher Bell um, in a uh, quite a show, but wow, wow, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Joey Logano, um, Christopher Bell, those are your top three. Um, you're probably wondering how some of the other drivers fared. Uh, Kevin Harvick finished in 12th. Uh, with a little bit of damage being involved in a in a wreck earlier on, there were quite a, there were more big ones in this race than there were um, in the ARCA and Truck Series events combined. Um, wrecks that took out contenders Chase Elliott and Tyler Reddick and Eric Jones in the Guns N' Roses number 43 entry. Um, took them out uh, early on. Another one would take out um, many contenders with 18 to go, like Jimmy Johnson and um, try to think who else. There were there were quite a number of them. Uh, then we would see coming taking the 500th lap. See Kyle Bush in the lead. We, you know, a lot of people thought this would be Kyle's year. You know, finally get that damn monkey off his back because this is the one thing that has eluded him his entire Cup Series career. He's done pretty much everything in the Cup Series except win the Daytona 500. Um, and wouldn't it have been something uh, to win it with Richard Childress Racing? Um, after all the years with Joe Gibbs and Hendrick, 
uh, picking up that Daytona 500 win uh, for RCR, uh, being what would have been the fourth driver to win for RCR. Um, you know, going back to 1998 with Dale Earnhardt Sr. Um, but it was not to be as, as Kyle will be swept up in one of the overtime, um, one, the first overtime wreck um, with an errant um, bump on the back, um, the, going into one of the turns, I forget which, but oh my god. Then we would see your wild one. Um, that would ultimately end the race. And like I said, this, I don't like when races get ended by who um, who made it. You know, who was leading first um, at the time of caution. In both cases, the 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 Xfinity race and the Cup race. I mean, it was just a matter of inches of deciding who would win and who would face the heartbreak of um, finishing second. And, um, you know, I know Austin Dillon, um, during the Cup Series, uh, during the Xfinity Series race, said they should just rack them up and just. Um, start all over again uh, instead of trying to decide who won the Xfinity race. And I, 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 I'll be honest, I'm not a Austin Dillon fan. Uh, those of you who listen to the show know I'm not a fan of um, Dillon. And I apologize for the, the little cobblestone bridge I'm going across right now. I, I'm not a fan of Austin Dillon, but I, I wholeheartedly agree with him. Maybe this is something NASCAR can look into. Um, I don't know if it would work well at a place like uh, Daytona, but I, I foresee that, um, you know, the race under ending like this uh, in both the Xfinity and definitely the Cup Series, uh, it does kind of let the air out of the bag. Um, the whole idea of these restarts and these overtimes were to get rid of races ending under caution. Obviously, we have to err on the side of safety, but I truly believe that um, that these these finishes are kind of deflate everything, especially when this is your biggest event. This would be like a holding call being the deciding factor of who wins and loses the Super Bowl. It would be like a, uh, you know, a, um, a borderline pitch, a, a bad call, a, a bad whatever, um, ending game seven in the bottom of the ninth of the World Series. It would be something akin to that. And, um, you know, maybe this is something um, ben Kennedy and Elton Sawyer and Steve Phillips uh, and Steve O'Donnell all look in them um, going back to their offices there in Daytona and Charlotte and, and sit down and decide is this the way we want to end a race or you know or should we re-rack the field 
what's left and give it another shot. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors into that, but I think that, you know, it's certainly worthy of a discussion. Um, you know, whether it's the race teams bringing it to that, whether it's um, the broadcasting partners bringing it to NASCAR, whether it's the fans, you know, just outright clamoring for it. Um, so, but at the end of the day, Ricky Stenhouse is your Daytona 500 winner. Um, some notables, like I said, Kevin Harvick in his final Daytona 500 uh, goes on to finish 12th. One spot behind Travis Pastrana, who, um, I will be honest, I, I think I was over the moon for this more than, um, Harvick battling back. Um, he, uh, Pastrana, who, who was a guy who realistically, you know, other than, you know, just being with a good team, really did not have much of a track record. You know, he's going into Daytona, his first ever cup race, um, the first, um, not only was it his first cup race, the first time he's ever taken laps in a next-gen car in competition uh, outside of the duels going into the Daytona 500. Um, never taken laps and never run a race this long. Um, he's run trucks here or there, but, you know, they only go maybe 200 laps, 200 miles, um, 500 miles. All the pressure going into this. Um, this is, this is certainly a lot to take in. And just while he had been fast in his two previous starts at Daytona in the Xfinity Series, not in the Cup Series, but in the Xfinity Series, um, you know, some years ago, uh, for Roush Racing, uh, he, uh, you know, he, he had wrecked out of both of those races, but he came back, he finished 11th, he stayed out of trouble for the most part, um, he was, he got some minor scrapes, uh, trying to avoid a couple of wrecks, uh, a couple of the big ones, but he stayed out of trouble, just missed the top 10, uh, 10th place was, uh, Rick Ware Racing's Riley Herbst, in what basically equated out to a 5th. Uh, Stuart Haas car. Uh, and, and what's interesting is Herbst was the first driver to bring out a caution during yesterday's Daytona 500 as he spun the Sunny D Ford Mustang uh, down to the infield uh, just just before pit lane, but was able to keep it off the wall, keep all four tires underneath him. Um, so, you know, Massive props to um, Travis Pastrana when a lot of doubters um, would uh, were were already throwing him under the bus, saying that he would cause a wreck, he would be involved in a wreck. Not only did he bring the car home uh, in a good spot, but he uh, was the highest finishing of the of the Michael Jordan Denny Hamlin owned team. 2311 racing, um, like I said, Harvick, um, got some good runs from a lot of people, Eric Amarola, um, all four, 
all four um, Stuart Hoskars led laps or were up near the front. Ryan Priest had a really strong run going before being collected in an accident uh, before the finish. So, I mean, there's a lot of good things coming out of the, this season in um, the Cup Series. And I can't wait. Uh, next week, they head on to uh, Fontana, I believe. They start their West Coast swing. It's Fontana, Phoenix, and Las Vegas. So, uh, it'll be the final race on the two-mile oval at Fontana. Uh, before they close up shop for about a year, possibly two, while they reconstruct the track into a uh, into a short track, which I'll be disappointed in. We'll see who posts the final piece of hardware from uh, the former California Speedway, as we know it. Um, they will go to Phoenix. Which, which is always a fun race. Then we'll move on to Las Vegas, which is certainly fun. And uh, we have all that. So stay tuned. Um, and uh, before I leave, I will leave you with this interesting note. As I asked the Pop Quiznos at the beginning of the show, um, when was the last time the reigning cup truck and Xfinity Series champions all competed in the very next season's Daytona 500? The answer, it has never happened before. The 2023 Daytona 500 is the first time that has ever happened. Uh, another stat to put up with the longest distance run for the Daytona 500. So, like I said, there was a little bit of history making that friend of the show Ed Bellow and his beautiful wife Allison got to witness. Um, so, anyway, until then, I am Matt Hardman. This is the Race Nerd Podcast, and I will see you at the track. Bye.